Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, good morning, everyone. If you are just tuning in, perhaps at this point, um, my name is Jason, and it is lovely to be able to have this opportunity to share with you what is, I hope and trust, a message that will bring hope and peace in what has been a week of real challenge and turmoil. I think it's fair to say that these are unprecedented times for us. Um, I'm aware that many of us are still actually in a place of shock, having to deal with what is going on in our lives and in the world at the moment. Every aspect of our lives is being changed and challenged and stressed in some way by the spread of this virus and the steps that we are having to take, the measures that we are needing to take to be able to deal with it. I'm aware that for some people, this is already impacting our lives, all the lives of people that we love in very significant and serious ways. Suffering and seeing people that we love suffer is one of the hardest things that we have to deal with, to cope with as people. It's also perhaps one of the greatest challenges to our faith as Christians. And so we're going to be stepping aside from the series that we have been doing through the Gospel of Mark. And I want to take us to look at the life of a man who was able to remain confident in God and therefore connected to God in the midst of life's hardest challenges. And so if you'd like to follow along with your Bibles uh, at home, if you want to open them up or um, paper Bibles, digital Bibles, we will have it on the screen, but we're aware that that may not pull through as well. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I want us to look at Paul and the incredible faith declaration that he is able to make having experienced the faithfulness of God at the very brink of his capacity to be able to cope with the struggles of his life. And Paul says something in the opening of this letter to the, the second letter to the Corinthian church that is so powerful, I think that it can actually be a bit offensive to us when we are really struggling or when there are people that we love that are really struggling. Until we perhaps see what he had to go through to be able to say it. You know, I was trying to think of when you hear, for example, people like Corey Ten Boom speak about forgiveness, or maybe Jackie Pullinger speak about sacrifice, or Mother Teresa speaking about helping the poor, there's a totally different gravity to their words because you know what they are saying has been tested through the greatest of fires. It's not a truth they know about. It's a truth that they have lived and been tested in. And that, if you like, is the position that Paul speaks from when he says the following in the beginning of this second letter to the Corinthian church. So let me pray for us as we come to God's word and trust 
that God is going to engage our hearts, that God would change our hearts and transform the inner place of our hearts and minds and soul and spirit as his truth engages with us. And so, Father, I do pray now for every person that's watching this live, for the few that are here with us, for those that perhaps will watch this at a later time. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would come by your Holy Spirit and fill our hearts, fill our hearts, God, with your truth and your Holy Spirit to to change us and transform us, to equip us and to empower us to be able to journey through this time of trial, not only for us, but that we might become sources of hope and life for others. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Okay, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Paul says, I've come to understand that God is actually the source from which all compassion and all comfort is able to flow. Ultimately, that common grace, that grace of God poured out over society through others and directly from him, it comes from God our Father. He's not a God that's disconnected or unconcerned about our pain and our suffering and the suffering of those that we love because he loves us and he loves you. And he himself was prepared to suffer for you. He's not a God that is passive. He's involved in our lives and he's actively seeking to release in you and through you his strength and his comfort in our times of distress and hardship. And this comfort that we can receive from God is so powerful that it changes us. It not only equips us to be able to uh, endure, to have the power that we need, the wisdom that we need to navigate these incredibly challenging times that we can face in our lives. But this grace of God actually equips us to be sources of light and hope to impart God's comfort to others in whatever trouble they are facing, because we have received something from God. We can now freely give it away. And so it's as if Paul is saying that that if we can learn to bond with God in our pain, if we can know his help, um, then we can become conduits of his hope to other people. As we face pressure and stress and loss and suffering, these difficult things, They give us a choice. We can either make the choice to set our hope on God, to allow the circumstances that we are facing to become fuel 
for our prayer and our intimacy and our connection with God. Or we can allow our suffering and the suffering others of others to become a wedge between us and God. And that is a hard choice to make. Perhaps one of the greatest tests of our faith in God and our ability to trust him. But I want to say that winning that battle of trust and faith can produce in us the most glorious transformation of our souls. And we might think, well, well, how can we know that's, to, that's true? How can we know that that's the case? Well, Paul says, I want to show you and remind you of the test that I had to endure. And so he goes on in verse 8. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death within ourselves. Paul, the apostle here, is amazingly open and vulnerable about the challenge that he's been through and the impact, the emotional impact that it had on his life. The persecution, the challenge, the opposition, the conflict were so great in Asia that he felt this was unbearable. We don't have the strength to endure this any longer. And they despaired of life. That word despaired, it it literally means to be utterly at loss, at a loss. To be utterly destitute of any measure or resource to be able to cope with the problem. To have renounced hope and to be in despair. This is strong language from the Apostle Paul about how he was feeling in the midst of this problem. And in chapter 11, later on, actually, in the letter, he goes on to to list some of the challenges that he's faced in his life. He says in verse 24, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That is terrifying for me to think of that. I've been constantly on the move. And then he lists all the dangers that he had to face in ministry. He says, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. He says, I've labored and toiled. I've gone without sleep. And perhaps there are many of you over the course of this week with all the stress and challenge or perhaps the things you've been having to do. You've also gone without sleep. We've definitely had less sleep through the course of this week. He says, I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, Paul says, I face the daily pressure and burden and concern for all the churches. 
Now, you might look at that list of the things that Paul has had to endure in his life and think, how does he go from that to being able to believe in and trust in the goodness of God? How does he make that switch? How does he find confidence of God to be able to say, confidence in God to be able to say what he says in the beginning of his letter? Well, we get a clue in the next couple of verses. He says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that we will continue, that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Literally, that's the lifting up of the faces of many to God in prayer. Paul says this trial that he's had to face has happened to give him the chance to trust in God, not in himself, to trust in the God who raises the dead. And he says it's the same when we face trials. Trials give us the opportunity to be able to put our hope and trust in God, not in ourselves, despite the situation we find ourselves in. In the original language, there is this beautiful connection, this link that's created between the utter despair of life that Paul has because of the situation and the completeness of the hope that he has because of the faithfulness of God. And Paul says this shift from hopelessness and despair to hope in God was made possible as the church was praying for him. I think that's amazing. What amazing humility from the Apostle Paul to share that the reason that he's been able to make this shift in the direction of his heart out of despair and into hope, having reached the limits of his ability to cope, to place his confidence again in God, was because the people of the church were praying. God says, as we pray together, and pray for one another and partner with God in prayer that his grace is able to be released to bring comfort and strength and goodness and hope in the midst of our trouble. God releases this to us. So my encouragement to you and to us today as we find ourselves in this deeply unsettling, challenging, desperate time, don't allow this to become a wedge between your relationship with God. I want to encourage you to be like Paul and to be like the church, to draw near to God, to call out to God, to choose to receive him, to be filled with his spirit, to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, because the Lord, our God, is with us. 
I want to encourage you to pray, to pray for yourselves, to pray for your families, to pray for the church, to pray for me and for the other pastors and leaders in the church, to pray for the leaders in our nation who are having to make the most difficult decisions, to pray for the emergency services, to pray for those who are engaged across the world in trying to deal with the challenge that we are facing. To join us as we pray on Tuesday night. Because when we pray and when we partner with God in prayer, it changes our capacity to be able to place our hope and our trust in God and therefore to be able to release hope and trust to others. And so let's take a moment now to pray together. And to pray that what God has shown to us through this writing from the Apostle Paul, this prayer, that this, this declaration of faith, that we would be able to pray this is real and true for us in this season. So maybe you want to close your eyes, perhaps open your hands, maybe where you are to, to kneel. Thank you, Lord. God, we do pray that these words of the Apostle Paul would be real for us, true for us. And so we come to you, Father of compassion, God of all comfort. Would you comfort us in the midst of this trouble and strengthen us with your love by your spirit, that we might comfort those, release your peace to those who are in the midst of this trouble along with us. God, we pray that you would strengthen us and strengthen your church, strengthen the church in this nation, strengthen the church across the globe. Father, that we might be lights in the midst of a dark time. Because you, God, are with us and you will not forsake us. You will not leave us and we are not alone. In Jesus' name, we pray. Well, it, it has been wonderful to be with you, at least in some way uh, today. And we trust that this has been meaningful and impactful. Um, if you have tuned in to, to watch us online for the first time and you'd like to know more about the church, uh, you can go to our website to find, uh, find out about us, uh, find out how to connect with us, find the other sermons that we've done um, and listen online. We hope that that will be a blessing. You can go to www.chiltonchurch.org.uk. If you'd like to support us as a church, and we know that there are many people who like to give weekly in this space as a way of honoring God and worshiping God, um, you're able to do that um, online as well. We've made that available on our website, and there is a PayPal link on our YouTube channel, um, and you would um, be blessed as you do that. But otherwise, we look forward to connecting with you uh, soon online. We're going to be posting other videos. Uh, we will be posting a video later on this evening for our evening service congregation. If you'd like to watch that and use that as a tool and an opportunity to, again, have a moment to pause, reflect, to worship, and to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
But otherwise, God bless you uh, over the course of this day. And particularly, we pray again for the mums and the spiritual mums in the church uh, that the Lord would bless you on this day. God bless. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online, wherever you are, please visit our website at www.chiltonchurch.org.uk. Thank you.